It's a word that bears on with Aleph. The introduction to Ketuvah Ptichai Lekhtuvah. We have the opportunity now of starting another wonderful Masechta. Kesubas. Unlike Yevamot, which we've just been engrossed in for several months, uh, where the relationship of Yevamot is a decreed relationship. The relationship of marriage, which is what we start learning about now, is a contracted relationship. So that's the contrast between Yevamus and, and Ksubis. Yevamus is a decreed relationship. It's not by arrangement. It's not by negotiation. It's a chiv in the Torah. It's an obligation in the Torah. And in the case of Ketuvot, in the case of marriage, there is an obligation to get married, but you can, but who you marry is, you're free to choose within the guidelines of, of halacha. Uh, and in, so in marriage, there's choice. In marriage, there's negotiation. In marriage, there's agreement. In marriage, there's contract. And the core of the contract of marriage is the Ketuvah. So Ketuvah becomes the, um, that Masechta, which is known as the Chidor, calls it the little shas, because it contains within it all the main principles throughout shas. Uh, and that's partially because it's dealing both with contract and with relationship. So that covers an enormous amount of, of shas when you're, you're dealing with contracts and with relationship. That, that covers a lot and, and various other different things as well. The, um, the jump from Yevomus to, to Ksubis is, is interesting. Um, the, the order of the Masechtas is a very strange order and there are all sorts of different reasons for it. In the time of the Goenim, the order was a little different. Um, it's not. It's not even always conceptual. The the, the, the mesechtas are bunched together by concept, but the actual order is not really conceptual because you would think kiddushin comes before kasubas. Before you can get married, you've got to have kiddushin, and the, the Rambam certainly treats it that way. So the Rambam has hilchotishut, which is all the laws of marriage, and the first nine prokim of hilchotishut are all about kiddushin which we'll get to at the end of Nashim when we get to Masechta Kiddushin, which is how you initiate the marriage. And you initiate the marriage with the act of Kiddushin, which is what we do uh, with a man giving the ring, saying the broch is under the, saying the broch doesn't have to be under the chuppah. That's Kiddushin. And then there used to be at least a year or a year uh, before the Nisuin took place, which the Rambam starts dealing with in the 10th parak of his uh, of, of issues. That's where he pivots from Kiddushin, which is the initiation to Nisuin, which is the permission, the permission to live together. Kiddushin is called Kiddushin, the, uh, the Torah says in the beginning of, of Masechte Kiddushin, from Loshan Hektesh. She is at that time in a state of prohibited relationship. She's forbidden to the whole world from the time of Kiddushin when he puts a ring on her finger, she's forbidden to the whole world and even to him. He can't have a relationship with her either. So she has this Kiddushin. She's set aside he, he sets her aside as his future wife, or as his wife, but he doesn't yet have any marital rights, nor does she. Uh, they, and they live that way in suspense for, for up to a year. And then the, uh, the chuppah takes place, and the Rambam starts dealing with the chuppah in the 10th parik of Hichotishut. And in Halacha Zayin of the 10th parik, he introduces the idea of, of Kesuba. Where does the idea of the Kesuba come from? So we have some some psukim in Parshas Mishpatim, which refer to a man who seduces a woman. If a man seduces an unmarried woman to whom he is not ma'ureset, means there's been no kiddushin, he hasn't betrothed her, 
Vishachavima, and he has relations with her, Mahori Maharena Lola Isha, which could come from the word Maher, meaning he should quickly marry her. Um, but Rashi says there, Yifsok la Mohar Kemishpat Ishli Ishto, that doesn't come from Maher, it comes from Mohar. Mohar is the ksuba, the amount that a man undertakes to pay his wife. So that's where we see in the Torah, there's already reference to the fact that when, when one gets married, one undertakes to provide uh, financial security to one's wife. He should write a ksuba for her and marry her. That's how Rashi learns the, the, the posuk of Mahori Ma'arena Loli Isha. If her father says, no ways, I'm letting her marry this guy. Then Kesif, Yishkol Kamor Abitulot, he still has to pay. He's not going to get out of paying the amount. He still has to pay the amount of, of the Kesuba. So it would appear to be that the Kesuba is Midorai. So when we talk about Kesuba, we're talking, you, you'll need this as we go through the Masechta. We're talking about two different ideas. The one is the Kesuba. That's what we, we generally talk about. That document that gets written before the Chuppah and gets handed by the husband to his wife under the chuppah, and she keeps it, that's the, the ketuvah. Um, but also when we talk about the ketuvah, we're sometimes talking about the financial commitment contained in that document. So we talk about a woman claiming her ketuvah. She's claiming the amount that is, that is allocated in that document. So sometimes ketuvah means the document, sometimes it means an amount of money. Here's the Rambam in, in Hilchus Ishus Perik Yud And he must write a ksuba before the chuppah. So that's how we do it. And the first thing we do under a chuppah is the kiddushin. There's the, the brochas. He gives the ring to his wife in front of two edim. That's kiddushin. Then... The Ksuba has usually already been signed. In, in some traditions, they actually complete the signing and the writing and signing of the Ksuba at that moment. But if not, then the Ksuba is read at that moment. The husband takes the Ksuba, the, the Chosen takes the Ksuba and hands it over to his Kala. Then comes Nisui, and then comes the real Chuppah, which is the Sheva Brochas under the Chuppah. Says the Rambam, the Ksuba has to be written and given to her before the Chuppah. Because when he brings her into the chuppah, everything must be done. She, she must be fit for intimacy. The chosen pays the, the sefer for writing the ksubah. How much does he write into the ksubah? If she is a besula, an unmarried woman, then she, he cannot give her less than 200 dinarim. And if she is a bu'ula, if she's previously married, she doesn't get less than a hundred. Important to remember, this is called the ikar ktuva. This 200 or 100 is the principal part of the Mosif. And if he wants to add a bar of gold or whatever he wants to add, he can add as much as he wants to. And in our ktuvas, we do add. And then these two amounts are treated as one for most things. So there's the standard 200 or 100 dinarim, which the Torah requires. There's the voluntary additional to that, addition to that amount, and these are treated as one. So whenever we'll use the word ktuva, when we deal with this, it's talking about both those amounts. And the Chachamim, 
And it's the Chachomim who instituted Ksuba so that he shouldn't be too quick to divorce her. There is a cost to divorce. That's the principle of, 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 of Ksuba, that there should be a cost to divorce. Now, why are we talking about divorce? They're just getting married. Why do, why do we care about that? So we'll see from further on what's important is that before Chupa, she feels secure. She doesn't feel that she's in a casual relationship that could be terminated any minute at will. And so by introducing a financial cost to, to divorce, she feels more secure. He's unlikely to divorce her for no, no good reason. And if he does, she's got some money. So there's just a feeling of greater security. And we're going to see throughout Ksubis how important the security of the woman is in the marital relationship. The Hagos Mamonius uh, says that this is a big machlok, as we'll see in the Gemara. Shimon Gamliel says this is Midoraisa. The, the Rambam Paskins, like as most do, including the Shukhanoruch, that it's Dirabonan. And the Tiferes Israel in Erchin, this is an interesting Tiferes Israel, says it's clear that the Gam Kodim Tikun Chazal Hayakvar Muara Betulot, Rakshiloaya Chiyuv Bedavar. There was an obligation that was an accepted practice to give a Ksuba going back to the time of Harsina. This has always been the case, but it wasn't written into law that you had to do it. It was something that everybody did. It was normal. And then the Chachomim came along and were in it. Uh, they made it a law, Kadesh to make sure that there's a cost to, to divorce. And the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, that if a person loses the Ksuba, it's got to be rewritten. A man is not permitted to, to live with his wife for one moment if they don't have a written ksuba. And furthermore, in Sif Tet in Shulchan Aruch, Simen Samach Vav, the Shulchan Aruch says that even if she decides to forgo ksuba, she says, I love you so much, forget about ksuba. This is, not a, this is not about money. This is about love and romance. Don't make it into a legal transaction. Forget the ksuba. And she writes it to him, whatever the case, still you're not allowed to live that way. That's considered a prostitutional relationship if there isn't a financial commitment. That's the difference between a casual relationship and a marriage. A marriage is I make you secure and the way I make you secure is I invest in you, I provide for you. I undertake that not, not, not to divorce you for any ridiculous reason. I commit myself to that. That's a marriage. And if that isn't in place, even if it's through their own decision that it's not in place, they can't live together. If she thinks she's not covered, even though it says the even if they don't write a ksuba, she's still covered. There's an implied, the chachomim implied, there is a ksuba even if, the, if one isn't written. Nevertheless, she doesn't know that. And so here you see again, the importance of ksuba is her state of mind. It's not about the money. It's about the state of mind. She's got to feel secure. And that's something that's important. We'll see through the Masechta, throughout the marriage. Marriages are in trouble when the woman feels insecure. She's got to feel secure. Well, different women feel secure. There are different ways to, to make women feel secure. Uh, but, but this is one of them, that she feels that there's some level of financial security she doesn't have to worry about it. That being the case, what I briefly want to have a look at is the strange beginning of the Masechta. How does this Masechta begin? So we, now we're talking about marriage. We've just had all this crazy stuff about Yibu. Right, an interesting masech, the interesting mitzvah, just so unusual uh, with all its implications. Now we're getting into marriage. Now the romance starts. So where do we start? A woman has to get an unmarried girl should get married on Wednesdays. Why? Is there some deep Kabbalistic reason? Well, there are, but that's not what the Mishnah is talking about. Because on Thursdays, the Beisdin meets in the town, says the Mishnah. And therefore, 
if he marries her as a virgin and the first night of the wedding it becomes clear that she's no virgin, he can come rushing to bathe the next morning. And why is that so important? Because we're concerned that she might have had a relationship between the Kiddushin and the Nisuin. Don't forget, there was 12 months. So he, he betrothes her as a young, unmarried girl, a virgin. Then for 12 months, they're not, they're not with each other. And then they get married and they're intimate and he realizes this is no virgin. Now, if they, she's had a relationship after the Kiddushin, then we know from Yevonus already she's forbidden to him and to the other person. So their marriage can't continue. So it's important that they come to Beisdin. The matter becomes public. Somebody will come hopefully and bring evidence. And if there's evidence that she was hanging out with another man during the time of the, of the betrothal, then the Beisdin will break the marriage. Really, that's how you start Masech Tzubis? You're starting the laws of marriage? We, we often say a lot of divorces start with the negotiation around the prenuptial contracts um, because you, 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 you get, you're envisioning divorce. And look what we, how the, how the Masech starts here. You're envisioning a claim in based in the next day. And, and, and what is all of that? So j- just to give you a bit of an, an, an opening to it, there's a very important lesson in all of this. When you st- start talking about marriage, the first topic that Gomorrah deals with in marriage is disappointment because it's almost inevitable. There's such a climax and there's such a buildup. And then there's the, there's the engagement and then there's the kiddushin and then there's the 12 months of waiting. And, and now you come together and she's not what you thought she was. Says the Mishnah, the only she's not what you thought she was that is a problem is if she's been unfaithful. Because that undermines trust, and with the undermining of trust, you've irreparably damaged the marriage. So halakhically that means, asura labal, asura labal, she can't have relationships with the husband, she can't have relationships with the boy, she's, the marriage is over. That's the halakhic thing. But the conceptual thing is, you've destroyed them. When you've broken faith, the marriage is irreparably destroyed. And that's the starting point of the marriage. Be very careful not to break faith. Be very careful not to break trust because that's irreparable. And understand that there is, there is a potential for disappointment at the beginning of a marriage. There's such a climax and there's a potential for such an anticlimax afterwards when you get into the, days, the day-to-day life of living together and running your home and you know, doing what has to be done in the home. There's, there's an enormous possibility of, of anticlimax. The only anticlimax to worry about is, is a breach of trust. Anything else one can, one can deal with. And then the Gomorrah goes into, into other disappointments. What, for example, if he, the, the first thing the Gomorrah starts dealing with is 12 months is up and he's not marrying her. They did Kiddushin, she's forbidden to everybody, she's in suspense, and he keeps on saying, we'll get married next month, next month, next month, and he's postponing it. What happens then? What are his financial obligations to her? How do we encourage him to get on with it and to make sure that she's, that there's not, these are the potential disappointments and pitfalls in the early stages of the relationship. So whereas any other book on marriage would start with the beauty and the romance and the everything, Gomorrah starts with careful of the pitfalls, careful of the disappointments, careful of the lack of faith. These are the things to be wary of before you get involved in, in this contract. And then later on, we can get into what the, the relationship really is, what it means and how it's managed. 